guys so i realized that i never introduced myself or the podcast so uh if you're listening to this my name is sarai and you're listening to crime castle and it's just a little play on my name because my last name is castillo which is castle in spanish so i was trying to think of a name for the podcast and i was like oh well might as well put castle somewhere crime castle cc so i don't know that's how i came up with that in case you were wondering uh so yeah let's just jump into it i always kind of just like to jump into it uh oh um well just real quick like uh i don't know if you guys are gonna care but i just have this funny i think it's kind of funny oh you had to be there but i'm gonna tell you anyway i had this um the other day i had uh like i have you know my headphones in my i guess they're not called headphones anymore right what are they called um earpieces so i had an earpiece on i was listening to a podcast or something i don't know and i was cooking i think and um all of a sudden i felt the gentlest like warmest small like i felt something on my elbow and you know i could legit feel it was warm and it was it it sort of pushed on me but very gently it was very odd, an odd touch, like, who would touch you like that, right? So I turn, like, I look over my shoulder thinking that it was Nelson because he always, literally, he always, he walks like a fucking ghost, like, I can never hear him coming up to me, and he's always like, oh my god, I can't believe you got scared because I'm always, like, I'm just anxious, so I guess I get really jumpy. So, and, you know, and everything's happening in my brain, like, a thousand miles an hour, right? So I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, it must have been Nelson. And so I turn around thinking that it was him. Like, I was literally expecting him to be behind me. And there was nothing there, you know? And I was, like, I freaked out because I was, like, something literally touched me. I, I felt even the warmth. And in that, <laughs> I see, like, this, like, a black shadow almost looking thing like underneath like a little bit lower and I freaked out and I just went (gasps) you know but like really like loud and dramatic and and then I my I looked down and it just happened to be my daughter (laughs) so my daughter scared the shit out of me and I kind of yelled her name like all in that one like (gasps) um, because everything just kind of I think my mouth knew it was her before my brain knew it was her or something and um and yeah, she just scared the bejesus out of me. And um, I think I scared her and Nelson because they were both there, but they were both like further back. Like Nelson was at the dining table and then um, my daughter, she was they were, she was like watching a show or something in the living room. So, I, you know, they were both further away from me. And so I uh, I think I just scared, I don't know, I think I just scared the shit out of them too. But and, and Nelson said that I was white as a ghost. Um, so I thought, I don't know, I thought I would share that story um so yeah that was the scaredest I've I think ever been in my whole life like I've gotten scared before obviously but that was true like that felt terror I when people tell ghost stories and they say you know how scared they were now I understand just what they mean because in that moment I felt complete terror like I've never felt before in my life but uh, luckily it was only it only lasted a few seconds. So anyway, uh, I'm just going to jump in. So this one is one of my favorite uh, stories, uh, favorite cases. And of course, you know, when you're talking about murder, it's very, um, you, you got to be careful with your language, but sometimes it's difficult to really express, um, you know, you use words like it's your favorite and it is, but it's not 
in a disrespectful way you know I respect the you know I, I respect the people involved and everything like that I see the tragedy and the whole thing and I don't take it I'm not saying it like in a flippant manner I was sorry I, I know I said I'm gonna jump in but really quick I was I saw this TikTok and this girl she was talking about this recent murder that happened it was really crazy um I'm gonna research it because maybe I might want to do it I don't know because it's very 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 recent and she had a like a nice way of talking like she was very bubbly and it was entertaining to watch and all and she was making like these little puns and I like watching it I was like this is she was making puns at the wrong um it was just inappropriate that's all I'm gonna say it was just really inappropriate like you know it just happened there's families involved you gotta always remember you know these people lost their family member and I can only imagine if it was me um who I had just lost somebody that I loved and seeing her kind of talk about talk about it so flippantly like it's some form of entertainment um I would be I would be hurt so I just want to say that I do want to always respect everybody involved and and although I do there is a, a form of entertainment when it comes to these cases it's not I think and I hope that everybody listening isn't just listening because it's like a fun thing I think especially I think a lot of women like to listen because it's I think for us it's a feeling of safety we want to know how to protect ourselves and and things like that and so um I just wanted to say that but anyway so I'm just gonna jump in for real this time this case is the case of Brittany Murphy so it's very interesting because technically this is a solved um death it's a solved case however it's always looked at as a um it's always referred to as a mystery and unsolved really because of the mystery because there's just if you don't know there's a lot of weird things that went on around um her life and her death of course and so a lot of people feel like the official cause of death is wrong and that's where the mystery kind of comes in so um uh i i think a lot of people do know about this case but of course there's always people who don't so i'm gonna i i try to do um some like good sorry if you can hear the dog some good like research on it um i also watched which i think i mentioned later on dude the dog okay all right um so okay so i i had to pause sorry he was barking too much so i don't know where i left off but i think i was trying to say that there's this uh i think it's new hbo documentary that came out and uh it had a lot of it's not really new information i guess because it's information that was always out there really and if you were if you ever really looked into the case, you would have already known. But I think just I just think it's like a good um, summary of uh, of uh, the case, the story. So anyway, I use that as one of my sources, and as always, I'm gonna link uh, the sources that I did use in my show notes if you're curious. All right, so Brittany Murphy. So Brittany Murphy was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, her mother was Sharon Kathleen Murphy, and her father was Angelo Joseph Bertoletti. Bertoletti. Um, so she was actually born Brittany Ann Bertolotti. Did I say Bertoletti right now? Bertolotti. Uh, on November 10th, 1977. Um, but her father... Uh, you know, it's weird. I, I put here she was born with her father's last name. However, in the next sentence I put, her father was not named on her birth certificate, which is why her last name is Murphy, like her mom. 
so I don't know how that happened but yeah anyway so um I'm not you know the best I'm like not like a professional researcher or like you know I'm not like a professional investigator or whatever so I might get things wrong anyway uh she was born on November 10th November 10th 1977 all right so her parents got divorced when she was just two years old and she was really just raised by her mother um in Edison New Jersey so she lived like most of her childhood over there in New Jersey and she was raised Baptist but later she became a non-denominational Christian she had two half-brothers and a younger half-sister I believe this is from the uh, father's side so anyway in 1991 she asked her mom to move to California uh because you know she wanted to become an actor so you know she told her mom and everything her mom said yes baby of course so she her mother you know sold all their things and they went over to uh they came over here where i am uh, to los angeles to become an actor so um later on britney credited her mother for her success or like at least said that she was a huge factor in her success because her mom Britney says her mom always believed her and always backed her up and of course moving her uprooting their her entire life you know for her for Britney's dreams uh was something that Britney really um ad, like really admired and I think she was really uh what is the word I'm looking for grateful um so at the age of four Britney um was trained in singing dancing and acting so she was doing that for I guess you would say most of her life and so she was around 13 um, by the time that she got her first acting job in Hollywood. So she did appear in several television series, um, hit television series, I might say, like Frasier and Sister Sister. Um, I actually remember her, you know, it's funny because I actually, I don't think she was on many episodes of Sister Sister, but I grew up watching that and I think that, um, the, that her, she was just memorable because I remember her character um when i think of that show um so that just goes to show i think she really was this one of those actors that that there's like i don't know they're so good that they stand out if that makes sense um so anyway so she was in those uh several like hit television television shows but her real big like debut was in the movie clueless which of course now um it's like a huge what is it like a pop culture must now um so she played ty in clueless and that movie at the time was a huge hit and a success and of course now like i said it's like this classic 90s movie and most people i would say know the movie and love it i don't think i've ever heard anybody who said they didn't like clueless uh even guys um so so that really was her big debut so that put her on the map and after that she started getting into these really big roles um and she was like in freeway this movie called freeway with reese reese witherspoon and then she had a supporting role in girl interrupted which starred winona Ryder and angelina jolie so she was really up there with um you know the big leagues she was in the big leagues uh an a-lister now if you will so she was also the voice of luann platter from king of the hill she did that for a long time till the end of the show uh, she also landed a role in Don't Say a Word that, uh, alongside Michael Douglas, and she was in Eight Mile, Just Married, and Little Black Book. Uh, you know, like I said, lots of really big, big um, movies with big actors. Um, she was compared to Lucille Ball in her acting talents and her comedic timing in the movie uh, Sin City. 
Uh, so as I said, at this point in her career, she was a leading lady and a huge celebrity. Uh, and when she was on the set of the movie Just Married, which came out in 2003, she met Ashton Kutcher because that was her co-star. And uh, them them being together really like elevated her her status because they started dating and he was a big star at the time and so she then ended up basically always being on the tabloids and everything and um so um she became like a bigger star if that makes sense right when you're when you're in the tabloids it's like people you're like really in in the public eye right so she's a big deal However, they did eventually break up, and um, when they broke up, it, like, from the research I did, it, it appears that at that point there were some reports coming out that her behavior on, cha- on set had changed. Her behavior on set had changed, and um, so because of the way she was acting on stage, she started to... S- like lose jobs or I guess people didn't necessarily want to work with her anymore um so then she started to work more on independent films uh so like like a movie called Spun one that was called Never Was The Dead Girl so I'll, I'll, I'm not like docking knocking um independent films or anything like that but I'm tr- what I'm trying to say is like she went from like the big blockbuster movies I don't know if that's still like a phrase um, like a blockbuster movie to now doing independent films that didn't get as much press or anything like that and so by this point in her career she was really starting to struggle um, especially with her reputation so after Ashton Kutcher um, the breakup with Ashton Kutcher she got in other relationships and so she had two engagements uh, she got engaged twice after after Ashton and both of them did not work out so after the last engagement that she had uh, she met this man named Simon Monjack. In 2007, they got married. And th- when they got married, they had just been dating a few months. So, uh, there's some people out there that speculate that the reason that they got married so quickly uh, was so that he could renew his visa because he was uh, British. And um, he had been uh, jailed. Like, he, 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 w- he had been in prison. And so, he was facing deportation. So they believe that that's why they got married so quickly. Um, but that's just rumor, speculation. Okay, so uh, before Brittany, um, Simon had been married from 2001 to 2006. And he and Brittany started dating shortly after the divorce was final. So there was really no, I would say, healing period. You know, after especially a divorce but after a serious relationship you need to take some time for yourself and I think both of them both of them just jumped into this relationship after being in very um serious relationships both of them uh okay so people close to Brittany believe that Simon was just not a good fit for Brittany um in the documentary they really have a lot of people talking about they really kind of go into it like how they started to see a change in her a change in a lot of things um so after after she and uh simon got together um but so i like i don't have like as much detail as a documentary because you know there's people there telling like quotes and their stories of what they saw and whatever um and so if you want to check that out you can go ahead and check that out um so anyway 
so things that he started to do that were odd well i wouldn't say odd i would say they are abusive and narcissistic and manipulative but whatever that's just my opinion so anyway so he fired her agent he he fired everybody in her life basically and he then became her agent and her manager and her everything um and so it became very difficult for people to get in communication with britney anytime that they wanted to reach out to her they had to go through him there was no way to contact her uh directly you had to you had to go through him so that's you know a huge way to isolate her and control her entire life and and her career um he also controlled the way she dressed her appearance he controlled um the movies that she was in uh he just really like uh controlled her entire life really um so okay before before i really i don't want to jump right into i'm okay i'm gonna back up a little bit sorry so just like a like a recap right of her love life um she dated ashton kutcher that started like late 2002 the movie was released 2003 uh she was engaged to joe macaluso in december 2005 but they did end their engagement in august 2006 like i said and then in two so in august 2006 they ended their um engagement and in may 2007 is when she married simon um so like i said that's pretty quick and during this time she lost so it was early 2000s right she lost a lot of weight um and this was a big this is a big part of the story i believe um she lost so much weight that there was rumors that perhaps she had a cocaine addiction um she was firm in saying that she never did drugs in her life and that um you know of course she was not addicted to drugs she wasn't using cocaine anything like that and um i i read somewhere um i read somewhere on there that it said that she also didn't drink um so she's like she had this reputation for being uh i guess what you could say a bad girl right that's especially at that time what it was like if you did drugs or whatever like you're a bad girl and so she had this reputation which why her career started to go in a different direction um because of the because of this reputation but she stands firm that she never ever had any of these issues um and so that's also one of the things that i want to say when i say about her like he controlled her appearance um i was gonna say this later but i'll just say it now like he his ex he he has an ex i think she was he was married to her i don't remember if they were married but his ex is on the um documentary and she says that he would also like she was also really skinny because of him because he liked she literally says that he liked anorexic the anorexic look um that's what she said um she and him have a child together so so yeah i was gonna say that later but spoiler alert that's i just wanted to say that because he really seemed to take control of her entire life and even to the point of her weight all right so what was i saying um okay so in november of 2009 she was in puerto rico because she was filming a movie called the caller 
so people on the set of the caller said that she was very difficult on set and that he was also sorry that he was also difficult on set and she was subsequently fired from the movie but she claimed that she left due to um quote creative differences however uh you know there was a report saying that that i think that she was she appeared to be like intoxicated with some sort of substance and her husband i think was fighting with her or something but he was also very disruptive on set and so the director fired her right away um and so her last movie was something wicked and that was released in 2014 um you know actually something else that's a cool fact about her i guess she worked as a singer uh but she wasn't known for singing i think most people didn't know that she could sing uh but and she chose she chose to she chose it that way she didn't um she wasn't ready i would say to be known for a singer yet um she did release a single in 2006 it became a billboard number one hit on the hot dance club play chart and the song was called faster kill pussycat and actually you can google that and find it um she also sang on the film happy feet she was the voice of gloria and she sang a few songs and she sang one of the uh one of queen's song uh one of queen's famous songs uh, somebody to love so if you watch that movie that's her singing um all right oh sorry i'm hitting the mic so let me go back to my where i was on my notes so after she came back from puerto rico so um after she was fired at the on the set of puerto rico um she so she was there with her her mom and uh simon and uh they she was fired but she decided you know what i'm here let's take a little vacation so they stayed i believe they stayed for two weeks i think i wrote it down somewhere else in my notes so so i might say it later again but anyway um they came back and when they came back she apparently was sick so she started like struggling with her health and um it's reported that her mother Sharon was also struggling with her health and that she was recovering from breast cancer I think they talked I don't I don't remember if they talked about the breast cancer on the documentary I think they did not but um there are articles that say you know the mom Sharon was recovering from breast cancer at the time so um this all comes into play later and i'll explain because it has to do with prescriptions and stuff so um so apparently simon also had a few health problems and he had uh he had sleep apnea and asthma and uh at one point he had fallen off a ladder so he started suffering from seizures after that uh britney also had uh so okay so britney had a heart murmur and she also suffered from chronic pain in her jaw because she had a lot of pain in her jaw because she was in a car accident in 1995 and so she had a lot of like um medications and stuff because of if you've ever had chronic pain it's really um it's really debilitating and so uh you know i can imagine that she would try anything to to um uh you know to feel better to lessen the pain and so she was taking at that time a lot of uh, medications all at the same time so she was taking things like migraine pills antidepressants antibiotics cough medicine and beta blockers um i do want to say that although she said you know she never did cocaine and stuff like that she she did take uh like medical prescription drugs 
Um, and she wasn't, like, denying that. She was de- denying, like, the recreational drugs such as cocaine and stuff. Um, okay, so... Anyway, so, like I was saying, so they stayed in Puerto Rico. And during that time, not much is known, like, what they did on their vacation. Uh, but... So, so Sharon and Simon, actually, I think I said Brittany had a cold. No, no, no. Sharon and Simon had gotten a cold from some kind of virus or something when they were in Puerto Rico. Um, so when they were flying, like, on the airplane back, Simon had a mild heart attack on the plane. So, uh, you know, he was fine or whatever. And so by the time by the time that they were all back home, uh, Brittany seemed to catch the same cold as the rest of them, um, but she seemed to really like struggle with it like it was more intense for her and so her cold eventually turned into laryngitis so she did not seek any treatment but she did eventually after dealing with it for a little while she um uh she had an appointment to see a pharmacist and uh so okay so she had an appointment right so at 8 a.m on december 20th 2009 the los angeles fire department responded to a quote, medical request at the home of Brittany Murphy. So what happened? She had collapsed in the bathroom and she was unresponsive. So uh, the firefighters, they came over. Um, they tried to resuscitate her at the scene. At the scene, And she was report, uh, She was transported right, to uh, Cedar sinai Medical Center. Uh, FYI, I mean, this is just a little quick note. Um, this is literally where all the celebrities go for their medical issues. Like, anytime you hear anything about a celebrity... In Los Angeles, it's always Cedar Sinai, Cedar Sinai. Uh, anyway, I've never been there. Only passing. Uh, I cannot afford it, I guess. Anyway, um, alright. So, uh, so Brittany ended up dying in the hospital at 10:04 after going into uh, cardiac arrest. Um, a.m. By the way. Uh, so the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office performed an autopsy the day after she died. So. The main cause of death was listed as pneumonia. However, it had, so it said pneumonia, and then it said with the contributing factors of anemia and multiple drug intoxication. Okay, so this is where I was saying she had a range of over-the-counter prescription medications, uh, like uh, um, prescriptions that, you know, she had those prescriptions a lot. So. Okay, so on the, like, the drug test that they did, she had, quote, elevated levels of hydrocodone, acetaminophen, uh, L-methamphetamine, and chlorpheniramine, something like that. Um, so it's believed that perhaps she was trying to cure her cold and her respiratory infection, uh, like, self-medicate. Uh, although, you know, the hydrocodone and stuff, that was a for pain and, and things like that and so I don't know if that was just something she took regularly because of her jaw situation I'm not sure um because I've taken hydrocodone and uh, like I just had surgery um it's on the covering comes and I was uh prescribed hydrocodone and I, I haven't really taken too much of it but when I do I feel well honestly mostly I get sleepy but I would feel like I think what being high feels like so anyway my point is i don't that's not for like a cold but it was said that like in some articles that i read that they believe she was trying to cure her cold and her respiratory infection on her own so mm, yeah so that's what was on her 
on her like direct test, right? Okay, so on um, on December 24th, which is Christmas Eve, 2009, she was buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in the Hollywood Hills. And another FYI, just so you know, Forest Lawn is very beautiful and it's very peaceful. It's like, <laughs> it's a nice place to go every once in a while. Like if you ever come or like if you ever take people like, um, like if you have, like for me, for example, if I have family coming over and they're like, oh, like, I want to see Los Angeles. What can we do? What can we see? One of the places I might take them is to Forest Lawn because it's just, it's really, really nice, really peaceful. It's not like, it doesn't necessarily look like a graveyard. And it's really big. So, you know, there's just areas where there's, like, uh, like statues and, like, just grass and stuff. It's really nice. Um, anyway, so that's that. So in January 2010, uh, so, like, the next month, uh, Simon and Sharon said that so simon and sharon simon was a husband sharon was a mom her mom uh they said that her death must have been due to a heart a heart condition called mitral valve prolapse and again they said that she did not drink or use drugs she wanted it they wanted it to be clear they wanted it to say that you know it wasn't due to drugs like she didn't die because of the drugs so um an interesting part and this is where the mystery part of it comes in because on may 23rd Simon Monjack was found dead at the same home. So just a few months after Brittany died, he died. So the Los Angeles County Department of Health considered that maybe there could be toxic molds in their house and that, you know, that the toxic mold was the cause of their death. But it was dismissed by the law. Sorry. But I, why can I say this? By the Los Angeles assistant, Chief Coroner Ed Winter. He said that there was, quote, no indicators, quote, unquote, that mold was a factor in their, in their, in their deaths. Okay, I think I'm having a stroke now. I can't talk. Um, they did find mold. They found black mold in the house. However, um, they didn't, they said that, that it was not, um, they didn't find any evidence that that was what killed either one of them. Uh, so at first, Sharon Murphy, she would say that it was, quote, absur- absurd uh, that the mold was a contributing factor. But in December 2011, she changed her stance. So she went on to say that the mold was definitely what had killed Brittany and Simon. At the, and she said that the home had never been inspected for mold by the health, by the health department so she ended up filing a lawsuit against the attorneys who represented her in an er- earlier suit against the builders of the home uh, where Brittany and simon had died uh, in january 2012 Brittany's father angelo applied to the superior court of california requesting that the los angeles county county coroner's office be required to hand over hair samples of Brittany so he could do independent testing uh, on the hair so uh, the suit was dismissed after seven months because Angelo failed to attend two hearings. In November 2013, I guess he got the hair, and um, Angelo claimed that a toxicology report showed that there was uh, um, heavy metals in her hair, and so that meant that she had been deliberately poisoned. And uh, the drugs that were found was uh, antimony and barium. So... Um, he says that that's possibly what the cause of Brittany's death was, but Sharon has said that it's a, quote, 
a smear and that it's not true. So uh, in the HBO documentary that I was talking about, it's called What Happened, Brittany Murphy. That's the name of the documentary if you want to go look at that. Um, they did discuss this heavy metal uh, thing. So they said that the in the documentary, they said that there was heavy metals in the hair. However, the hair did not come from the root. So that meant that, um, like, there was no, how can I put this? There was, the heavy metals were in the hair, but not from being ingested. It was from possibly dyeing her hair. And if you see, she had dyed her hair blonde, and she, you know, she was playing with her hair a lot. And so, um, the heavy metals were not in the root, so it didn't come from inside of her, basically. So, in those final moments of her life, Brittany really, um, oh, I don't know if I, like, so I just want to say, basically, they're debunking that she was poisoned because the, the, the heavy metals were not inside her, ooh, sorry, like, they were not inside her, like I said, so, um, it seems like that's out, out of the, out of the equation for this mystery. So, um, she really struggled a lot in her final moments, uh, it said that, so she had collapsed on her patio. And she was really struggling to breathe earlier that um, night. So her mom, Sharon, came over to her. And I guess she was holding her. And Brittany said to her, quote, I'm dying. I'm going to die. Mommy, I love you. Um, her response to that was she made her some tea and put her to bed. So sh Sharon denies um, this version of events. She says... Quote, for anyone to even fathom that I would just sit and watch my only beloved daughter die and not get help instantly is beyond my way of thinking and despicable, end quote. Um, but it's really reported that that's what happened. I guess, you know, nobody would actually really know because, she, you know, she, nobody, we weren't there. She, she was the one that was there, so we, we don't really know. Um, so anyway, uh, she had, apparently she had collapsed at 8 a.m. and her lips at this point were blue so I do want to link um I listened to the nine so the mom Sharon calls 911 and I find it very interesting so I will link the the YouTube 911 like the, the YouTube video of the 911 call um so check the show notes for that but it lasts about eight minutes but what I find interesting is, um, all right, I'm just going to say, you know, she starts by saying, um, quote, my daughter's passed out. And um, the dispatcher basically starts instructing her on how to do CPR. And so you could hear Simon in the background of this call, and he's the one that starts doing CPR on her. And Sharon, like, you, could, you know, at one point she screams, Brittany, please come back. And um, she also tells the dispatcher that Brittany had thrown up a bunch of water. And so, like, just the way that the call goes, it seems like, it seems like Brittany had been, like I said, struggling for hours. Um, it seemed like she was very severely like she was in she needed help desperately she the critical that's the word I was looking for she was in critical condition I would say and basically 
in my unprofessional opinion, I think that they should have called an ambulance hours earlier. And I think that if they had, she might have been saved. You know, she had two people there, Sharon and Simon, and they didn't call until she had blue lips and was not conscious anymore. Um, So the only thing I can think of, because I mean, I would say like that, you know, her mother and her husband just neglected her. That's neglect. I, you know, 100% I would say that's neglect. But you do have to consider she was a big celebrity. And I think that changes the dynamics a little bit of a situation like this. Because when you're a celebrity and you call the ambulance, that's automatically going to alert the press. So maybe, you know, there was talk that she had been on drugs and stuff like that. And they obviously didn't want that image for her. For her. So I would say maybe the only reason why they didn't call an ambulance right away is because they just didn't want to call. They didn't want any attention and they didn't want people speculating that maybe she had overdosed or things like that. Maybe they didn't want that speculation out there. They didn't want the tabloids to be, you know, coming up with their own scenarios and and stuff. That's the only defense I could think of. Um, Even the L.A. coroner, Ed Winter, he said, quote, this death could have been preventable. Um, he really believes that as well. Um, and he's a professional, I'm not. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, that's the only defense I can think of. That was never said. That's just my, I'm just, that's me saying it. So, um, she basically died. So, I guess a lot of people are kind of confused about, um, how she could have died from what she died of. Like, people didn't really understand how anemia and the pneumonia, like, killed her. But, basically what it is is she had been so okay sorry okay i'm 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 too excited right now okay her pneumonia so her anemia made her very weak anemia makes you it's like when you have an iron deficiency you need that iron in your body and so so because of that and the pneumonia her body was that was already very um taxing on her body then you mix you bring in the mix of the drugs that she was taken taking which then just probably weakened her further so her body i think was probably slowly shutting down because it was too many things going on at once for a weak body she already had a weak body i hope that makes sense and so all of this was just too much and her body eventually gave up um so as i said she did reportedly have a doctor appointment or like was planning to see a doctor but she did die before she was able to go seek treatment her this is what her husband said this is a statement that he made okay quote i had no idea she had pneumonia i took very good care of my wife she was on an antibiotic and she was taking cough medicine and doing all the right things, end quote. I just want to say really quickly that that literally sounds like a fucking narcissist because it doesn't it sound like doesn't it sound like Donald Trump? Like I took very good care of my wife. Um, I had no idea she had pneumonia. I mean, she was so sick. She was so sick. She was so weak. She couldn't move. She was in bed. She couldn't she had she was struggling to breathe for hours and you're gonna say you had no idea that she maybe you didn't know perhaps that it was pneumonia but you knew that she was sick 
anyway there are many conspiracy theories out there um like i said so it's looked at as a mystery and unsolved although technically that's not true it's solved and it's uh closed so this hbo documentary that i keep talking about it really focused largely on simon monjak and i think it's very important to bring up because i think i don't think it was intentional 100% like i don't think he sat there and like i don't think he planned to kill her i guess is what i'm trying to say um however i think that he killed her because he abused her okay um yeah so basically like everything that was presented in the documentary backs up this idea that simon was emotionally abusive and that he would manipulate her a lot so i think that's what made her eventually pass away so he had two secret children out in the world this i think came from the documentary because i don't i had never know i didn't know that until the documentary um so he had two secret children out in the world and britney did not know about them he had a son and he had a daughter um okay another thing he had been putting his daughter through private school using britney's money she did not know because like i said she, he was in control of everything including her finances he controlled every aspect of her life so she had no idea about anything he used her money to pay for his daughter's school and britney did not know that this girl even existed um like i said he had been previously oh so this was the woman that i was talking about he and sh- he and her they were engaged and she got pregnant with his son um I, i thought they were married i guess they were just engaged and she told this story i didn't put this in my notes so um this is me kind of just recalling from the documentary but she talked about how he had said that he had cancer and all these things and that he had to go to australia or something for some experimental um like some experimental drug or something that was supposed to cure him i don't remember exactly what he said it was but it was something like i want to say something to do with alligators or something like alligator stem cells or so, i don't remember exactly but basically um he was kind of like not around and then um you know she got pregnant or whatever and so he told her that he wanted the baby to be born in new york so he said you need to go there and like i'll meet you there and so when she arrived she called him and she said you know i'm here in new york whatever and he didn't say anything he hung up on her and that's it period he abandoned her he made her cuz i think they lived together in london or something like that i can't remember again this is me recalling from the documentary um but i guess he wanted the son to be like uh, an american citizen so that's why he wanted it to be not it, him to be born that is the weirdest i don't know if you can hear that but there's a dog barking in the weirdest way i think it's a chihuahua it's like a neighbor anyway so yeah so he just like hung up on her and like left her there period and so she was she had to figure out like you know how to um what to do from there and so this is the same woman that i said that you know that he wanted his women to be anorexic like 
she said he liked his women anorexic and she said that literally he like the skinnier the better um and it so that's what he would tell her and so she believes that that is what he would tell Brittany as well which is why um she was so skinny like he would tell her she needed to lose weight um and so so that that's possibly an explanation for why her weight was so low um and also by the way i think and i think the documentary touched on this it's i don't think it's 100 percent all his fault in that aspect because like i said she started to become a big celebrity and when you're especially because the tabloids have to have content right and i mean there's only so much you can put out there so they need to put out whatever they can and they spit out whatever they can for content and i think at some points they would probably um they not probably they would like criticize her um her weight her looks her everything they would you know especially like celebrities they always focus on the outer aspect of them your their appearance so um i think that made her feel insecure and she wanted to fit in and be beautiful and things like that and so i think that added with him saying he wanted her to be skinnier and i also assume he probably said oh you need to be skinny you need to fit in like these other hollywood like stars so that you can be like them like you know i imagine that that's what he would say um to get her to like get to that weight anyway so another thing that was sorry that was stated in the documentary was that he owed a lot of people money um and that he would also make like these grandiose statements so he would make up lies all the time like he would say that he was the world's largest collector of vermeer paintings and that he had dated uh l mcpherson and madonna um he had lied oh this is what it was i wrote it down here he he lied and said that he had been saved by some experimental shark fin treatment um, when it came to his supposed cancer um and then he wanted everyone to think like he was this big success successful big shot um so in the documentary i think there's like some trainer and he said like he would train simon and he owed him a bunch of money and at some point he didn't want to train him anymore because he realized this guy is never going to pay me and then once he started dating britney he he came back and said like oh don't worry i'm dating britney now and then at some point i guess he paid him um but yeah there was like these allegations that he owed a lot of people a lot of money um and then after she died there was also these weird things that uh that he would do so um by the way that whole cancer thing he told like a lot of people that he had brain cancer he told and he told them he had like a few months to live he said it was terminal and if you listen to my other story my other episode about like the abuse that i went through um i just find it funny because i've noticed that there's like a common thing that i see that a lot of narcissists do is they like to bring up cancer um like it's i've listened to so many different people's stories and watched so many different things and it just seems like a pattern like i don't know i mean i i guess it's for sympathy but i just find very interesting that these people love to bring up cancer like they're dying of cancer all the time um which is just so it's almost fascinating in and of itself but anyway um so after britney died he was acting strange so 
he and her mother Sharon they admitted to say they, they said that they would sleep in the bed together in like in the same bed that he shared with Brittany with his wife so imagine like if you're if you're married imagine your husband you die and your husband and your mother starts sleeping in the same bed that you used to share with your husband like that's fucking weird that is weird um also you can google this as well Sharon and Simon took some pictures together I think they were supposed to be like for mourning or I mean I'm not sure what the or I don't know if it was for a magazine like I don't know what the purpose of the pictures were but when you look at the pictures they literally look like a couple like they're doing like prom pose and things like that like they're holding each other and uh, I don't know just it literally looks like husband and wife in the pictures uh whatever it is it's like 100% inappropriate if you look at it you're you'd just be like that's inappropriate I would never seen that before I mean you could say maybe they were close or whatever but it's like they literally look like a couple it's very weird um so yeah so back to Simon's like troubled past right because I think all of this is relevant um and I'll explain why at the end. He was arrested in Virginia for credit card fraud and theft, according to the New York New York Post. Uh, so those charges were eventually dropped, but he was being sued by a mortgage firm for nearly half a million dollars. And then he had to pay $470,000. Um, he had also been evicted from at least four separate homes over the close course of about a decade. And um, it was reported that Simon's loved ones found thousands of dollars in wire transfers uh, one transfer was about for $48,000. Um, and what I think I meant to say there, I think I wrote it wrong, but basically, like, he was sending out those transfers from Britney's account. So Britney's friends and, like, loved ones, they think that Simon preyed on her for two reasons. One, her status. Like, remember, he likes to make these grandiose statements. Like, he's this very important person. So by saying, oh, I'm Britney murphy's wife he's like elevating his status and also he wanted her money um he used her money for all his uh expenses for all his for his luxuries for his life um so another like i guess proof maybe of him specifically targeting her um was and manipulating her and whatever right um the people around her when they started to see these changes um in Brittany and they started to to the point where then they said something right they started to express concern for her um as soon as that happened Simon would fire them right away uh like I said she fired her or he fired I guess she he made her fire um people but he like so yeah her entire team was fired everybody around her was fired and um she then made simon be her everything so she really depended on him like i said he was her agent manager lawyer oh he was even her makeup artist he would do her own makeup like wouldn't even let a makeup artist around her like literally everything um he was the one that was managing the financials he's the one that made all the decisions when it came to money he actually changed her phone numbers like i said so that um you know all her friends family any like 
work, you know, all of that had to go through him so that they could reach her. Um, and then it appears that he might have had some serious uh, uh, drug abuse problems. I'm sorry if I'm making a lot of, like, noises in the background. I have one hand. Like I said, I just had surgery. Um, so I have one hand and I'm, like, it's hard. So I'm, I'm, like, bumping into things a lot. So I apologize. Um, so yeah. So, like I said, there's, like, directors out there who said that, that it appeared to them that both Simon and Brittany would be high when they would come onto sets. Um, like, there's actually also like um like video of them of her more so than him and you could see like she's trying to act but she seems very loopy very out of it um and this is a woman who's you know loves acting and was always really good at it um so all of a sudden she went from that to being sort of like like I don't know in the documentary they show it and you can just see her she's just loopy um anyway so there's this video of their bedroom of when like after she passed away right and so in the bedroom you could see an excessive amount of medication they found about 90 pill bottles and like they were you know on the bed on the what is called nightstands and things like that um so, it said that Sharon and Simon would go to multiple pharmacies and different doctors for prescriptions. Um, they also would use false names to pick up prescriptions. They, I mean, again, Brittany was a celebrity, so it's kind of common for them to use, like, a pseudonym. But when it comes to prescriptions, there's some red flags that they look for. And one of them is if you're going to multiple doctors and multiple pharmacies, that is possibly a sign of... Uh, drug abuse also the false names like I said there could be an explanation because she's a celebrity but that's also sketchy um it's so yeah it's like that's a lot of medication so although yeah maybe she wasn't taking cocaine she was definitely there was a lot of drugs in the house prescription drugs so um the coroner stated that he got reports that Brittany and Simon would just stay up all night and watch tv um, which, again, it's like maybe that was due to the drugs they were taking. Um, lots of, like, odd behavior that they would have. And, of course, like, I know a lot of us, like, stay up and watch TV or whatever, but, like, they would stay up all night long and watch TV. Um, so it was just odd. Like, all they would do is stay in bed, too. Um, they would never leave the house. At this point, too, like, they would never leave the house. She was completely, like, holed in the house. Um, so... He also found out the coroner that Simon would do photo shoots with Brittany in the home. And the documentary did show these um, photo shoots and it did look very, she looks very doll-like. It's very odd and I find it odd that he would do the, I wonder what the purpose was of those photo shoots. I don't know if he liked it, like, for, I don't know if he wanted it for himself or he wanted it, like, for her career. I mean, I'm not sure, but the photo shoots, it all seems a little odd because he would also encourage her to get plastic surgery. Um, so I don't like what I'm trying to say, I guess, is it appears that maybe he was trying to turn her into 
this thing he liked like he like she was his doll almost um and maybe that's why he would take those pictures it was like he he had like a doll and that he was playing with and he wanted to capture it you know um i don't know anyway so like i said those last few months of her life she would never leave the house she was completely isolated um yeah so before so i put this here apparently before she died she had spoken to simon's mother so her mother-in-law on the phone and she said quote i'm having trouble breathing i can't breathe when i go to the top of the stairs do you think i'm dying again like it seems like she knew she was going to die and okay she didn't seek for like she didn't seek help but you have your mom and your husband there and they have no idea you're that sick like she's she couldn't even go up the stairs like she said she can't breathe so i don't know um so the coroner says that her hemoglobin levels so this again goes back to her anemia the levels that she had would have required hospital hospitalization and could have caused her death on its own eventually basically saying just the anemia itself would have killed her her levels were so low so bad that um that alone would have killed her without the pneumonia without the drugs just the anemia alone um so when it comes to that's what that's kind of what i'm saying it's like it's not that mysterious she wasn't healthy at all um that's you know that's why she died so the coroner says quote had they taken her to the doctor a few days before she died she'd still be alive so that's where i that's where i think for sure the mom and simon should have been held responsible for neglecting her at least you know so shortly after Brittany died um simon and uh, what's her name? simon and sharon i blinked sorry uh they did an interview for larry king now if you go look at this video the mother is loopy as hell so he's asking questions and things like that and she is just disoriented and she's slurring her words like i said she seems loopy um at one point he like i think they're talking about the timeline of like what happened that night or something like that and literally simon says quote no no baby you've forgotten time um like first of all baby like why is he calling her baby again inappropriate weird like that's your mother-in-law um and then throughout this interview simon keeps like he's the one like when when sharon starts to say something he cuts in and corrects it or like he puts words in her mouth like he's really you could really see like he's in control of that conversation and it's like whatever she says it's like he has to approve of it it's very very apparent if you see this um interview okay so um at the time of uh britney's death what the fuck is wrong with me i'm sorry simon 
he he didn't want an autopsy done on Brittany. However, luckily, um, like, you know, luckily they did do one and they were able to see, you know, what was going on or whatever, but he didn't want, he didn't want one. And so Larry King asked, you know, why, why did you decline an autopsy? Because that just made people like, there was already suspicions about him, but then that made people be more like, why wouldn't you want, you know, an autopsy? Um, you know, here you have this young, beautiful girl who just died and seemed odd. Why would you not want to know what killed her? It seemed very odd. So, um, anyway, he asked, and this was, this was Simon's very creepy response. He says, quote, this pristine body that was curvy in all the right places and her skin like silk. How can I say in front of her mother, cut it up? What the fuck is that response? Like, you don't want an autopsy because her body is so curvy in the right places and her skin is, like, silk? What the fuck? That's what I'm saying. It's like he saw her like this object, like like an object. Like, I don't know. It's very creepy, very weird. Okay, so let's get to his death. Five months after Brittany died, he died of acute bronchopneumonia. So he had a lung inflammation I mean, that's what it is. The lung inflammation um, caused by a bacterial infection. So they both basically had, you know, pneumonia. And um, so once he died, like at first people were suspicious of him, right? But then once he died, people were sort of like, um, why did he die? Like, that's odd. There must be something going on. And that's when they started talking about... um, the the black mold and everything but um the medical examiner he said that he didn't see any evidence of mold in her organs or his either uh there was no none of his either and um so that really like that's where like I said, that's where a lot of the confusion comes from uh, that's why the, so there's just a lot of the the reason why it's so weird is because Monjack was clearly abusing her and taking control of her entire life then you have her not in good health and dying. Why didn't he seek any help for her? Right? Then she dies and he starts to be clearly manipulating the mom as well. There's some weird there's some weird like relationship going on with them. So then that's like mysterious as well. So then it looks like you're thinking, were they both in on it? Did they both want her to die? Did they watch her die and not ask for help until it was too late because they didn't want her around because they wanted to be in a relationship? Is that what maybe, like, Simon promised Sharon? Or, you know, did he manipulate her to the point of, like, oh, she's okay, don't worry. You know, you don't want to call the ambulance. They're going to call the paparazzi and everybody's going to say all these things. Like, you know, what? there's so many things that he could have maybe manipulated her into saying uh, or, like, into believing to the point where you know, they didn't act until literally it was too late. But then he dies, and then it's like, whoa, like, then you're thinking, like, maybe did did Sharon, like, realize that something, like, and she killed him the same way? And then you're like, wait, but they died of the same thing, so that's odd. Why would, you know, so there, that's where the mystery comes in, because it is very, very odd that they both basically died of the same thing five months apart. Um, and Sharon was, Sharon was fine. She's still alive and, and well. She's hidden away. Um, so, you know, that's where all the mystery comes in. But you cannot deny the fact that Brittany was really, really unhealthy at that point in her life. But like I said, I think one of the reasons why her, her death is looked at 
of like this sort of mystery is because nobody asked for help in those final days and final moments even if they had called the ambulance earlier in that day um she would probably she probably would have gotten the help and that she needed and made it um so why didn't they call that's 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 really where the mystery is at i would say and i think the whole thing just kind of gets mixed in together like one big mystery but i think the mystery really is why didn't they call did they want her to die or is there like a more innocent explanation for why they didn't do anything i don't know i do know that the money from her death was going to go to her mom and not to simon which then explains maybe again why he then jumped on sharon and maybe why they were looking so coupley like maybe simon's plan was to basically do exactly what he did to britney to the mom manipulate her take care of the finances and then use the money for his needs i don't know that to me that seems the most likely um to me what i think happened was you know he he wanted her to look a certain way that made her weak i think she already had medical issues and conditions and was taking too many drugs that also didn't help her body i think it just made her weaker and then she got that that virus or whatever she got sick from and um and her body just couldn't take it she was slowly dying and i think that it was noticeable and the husband convinced the mom not to do anything because it would look bad eventually she passed away I don't think that that was necessarily his plan. I don't think he really wanted that. Like I said, I think maybe it got to the point where he didn't know what to do. Maybe he got scared. I don't know. But I think towards the end, he realized there was an opportunity for him if she did pass. Um, And he jumped on it and he jumped on Sharon. Uh, to get her money after and by some twist of fate he ended up dying um i don't know i mean i don't have an explanation for how that happened i think you know he just wasn't healthy as well he was overweight he had issues of his own um you know could have just been a big coincidence um karma you know who knows but that definitely wasn't part of his plans um but it happened so yeah it's weird but is it that weird i mean pneumonia is not that uncommon and people die of pneumonia all the time you have somebody who's overweight and has health has health issues plus pneumonia you know it's not uncommon to hear that they passed away so it's not out of the realm of possibility that he just they both died separately of separate pneumonias you know um but i do think that regardless of anybody's intentions they should have been held accountable for neglecting her and basically allowing her to die slowly and it really is sad and tragic when you think about it because she must have just been she must have just been there struggling for a long time uh, and nobody helped her and i think she was asking for help you know when she talked to the mother-in-law and said i'm i'm done do you think I'm going to die? I think that was her way of 
sort of asking for help in a, in a way, and you know, asking for help without asking for help. And even when she told her mom, "Mommy, I'm going to die," um, I think that was her maybe coming to terms with it, but also kind of like a like a like a like a last like mommy I'm going to die like I need you to like I think it was also like I need you to understand like I'm going to die and I think she wanted her mom to do something about it I don't know if she asked to go to the hospital you know there nobody knows exactly what happened that night but um but that's basically it that's the story of what happened to her I do recommend like I said that documentary on HBO it's uh, I watched it on, I have HBO Max. I think there's like HBO and then there's HBO Max. But I don't I don't know the difference, but I saw it on, on HBO Max. Um, but yeah, it's like, it goes more into Simon and his background. And, you know, he just wasn't a good guy regardless. Like, he was literally a criminal. He had been arrested. He clearly had financial issues and took advantage of her. Um financially you know there's there's like evidence there that he did abuse for sure you know certain things like the financial so um i don't know i think in my opinion it's really like his fault she died but um you know i don't know you can you can put your own thoughts into it um, I would love to have a discussion about it if anybody wants to email me at crimecastlepod at gmail.com or maybe like even on Twitter, same thing as crimecastlepod is my handle. Uh, I have a TikTok, but I don't really like post anything I should, but it's the same as crimecastlepod if you want to go over there, but I don't really have much over there. I will have to start probably doing that. I'm just not like a creator of content, I would say, you know, and when, like I said, when it comes to these stories, you don't want to be insensitive. So I think it's a little tricky to do the TikTok, the TikTok, you know, uh, anyway, I feel like I rambled a little bit and I do apologize. I am, um, like half of it is just me trying to sort out my thoughts. I just have so many thoughts on this and I, I'm, I guess I'm having a hard time expressing myself because I feel like anger at him because I just feel like he really just took advantage of her I feel like she was this innocent girl didn't know any better I probably had daddy issues and stuff I think the mom wasn't uh, like I think there was already an unhealthy relationship between her and her mom and then this guy came along and uh, just took advantage of her I think he probably love bombed her you know all the classic all the classic mm, maneuvers if you will and um eventually unfortunately she passed away and it's really it is really tragic not that one person deserves to live more than another but i think she had so much left to give um as far as her talents and stuff i do know she wanted she was trying to perfect her singing so that eventually she could come out as a singer and she just never got to do that and you know that that sucks for her that she never got to finish she never got to really, I guess, reach her potential. Um, so that, you know, that's, that's where the tragic part really comes in. Uh, but anyway, that's the story of Brittany Murphy. Thank you very much. And goodbye.